0: So, if you see a slow mo swing, don't just watch it once. Like, watch it so many times, especially if it's your favorite player, and you'll be able to dive into okay, what do they look like on their way to the ball? What is their body doing? Is there separation between their hips and their hands? What is their head doing? Normally, it's pretty still, by the way. And seeing what they look like at contact and then beyond contact, like, are they getting to a full extension? There's so much that you can learn from hitters. Hey, welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I'm Ashley Eagle, excited to be back with you for a solo episode this week that you definitely do not want to miss. Whether you're a player, a coach, a parent, there is so much we can learn from watching the game of softball. So today I'm giving you 10 ways to grow while watching college softball. Now, you may have heard similar episodes in the past. Um, I did one, Five Ways to Grow Your Game while watching the Women's College World Series. Last year, when Oklahoma won the national title yet again, we did 10 softball things that OU has taught us this year. And recently, we had Justin McLeod on the show, who's one of the best journalists in the game, talking about what he expects to happen this season, who his favorite teams are, or... I don't want to say his favorite, he's not allowed to have favorites, but who he thinks will win the World Series, who's going to be up against them, what are some big matchups to look for. So those will be in the show notes to refer to, but this week, I'm going to give you 10 ways to grow while watching college softball. I'm off of a super high from watching the Clearwater invite. So they had 40 games in Clearwater that happened within four days, and a lot Of those games, like almost every single one of them could have been found on an ESPN network. So at 5 p.m. on Sunday, they had actual the game with FSU in Alabama on ESPN. Um, They also had games on ESPN2, SEC Network, ESPN Plus was a huge one. I was on ESPN Plus probably the most, um, but there were a lot, a lot of great matchups. And when I say great matchups, like every single one of them was impressive. I swear, every game that I watched was either neck and neck or there was some sort of crazy comeback or an upset. And so it was such good softball. Um, So that was this past weekend. And then this upcoming weekend, if you're listening the day this comes out, is the Mary Nutter Classic. So this is one of the biggest tournaments in the country yet again. Um, and this one's out in California, and they have teams like Northwestern, Washington, ASU, Oklahoma, UCLA, Kentucky, Florida. All of these great games are going to be able to be streamed, but this is they're only going to be streamed on one platform, and that is Flow Softball. Flow Softball has been putting up a lot of games this year, but it is not a free platform. You have to pay for it annually. But if you want to be able to watch any of the games this weekend, they also air a ton of other games throughout the season, but it's a really good platform. And the people that um, are commentating are pretty good. So let's dive into how you can grow while watching college softball because college softball is going to be all over ESPN Plus, which again is not a free platform, but if you like watching college softball, you will invest in it. ESPN Plus I always talk about because they just have, I think like close to 3,000 games <laughs> like this in this one year. So there's Purdue softball I can be able to watch, Michigan softball so I can follow my sister's old team. And there's just so many and matchups, it's insane. But again, you have to kind of research to see where you can find your favorite teams. But we'll get to how to follow certain teams. Also, Justin's episode had a bunch of stuff on those. But let's dive into ways that you can grow while watching. All right, the first one that I wrote, and I was just so impressed by all the commentators for this past weekend's Clearwater invite Mm -hmm. because commentators like Amanda Scarborough, Madison Shipman, Danielle Laurie, Michelle Smith, Aaron Miller, Jenny Dalton Hill. These are just a few of the best, in my opinion, commentators for college softball. And, you know, we can grow by just listening to some of the best talk about the game. So these were some of my favorites. And if you look back at their stats, um, almost every single one of them either played at the college level, Olympically, and just crushed it in their sport and at their college programs. And they're just so great at being able to analyze the game and also share the things that they're seeing. And you know, I'm just going to pick on Amanda because she's been on the show and she's one of my great friends. Amanda does such a great job of one, not like over-talking, but like letting the game breathe and then explaining in such an eloquent way what just happened. So if you ever are confused by a certain play or you're just like interested in how the players specifically are thinking in certain moments, especially pitchers because she was a pitcher, she does such a great job of like thinking for the player out loud. And I think for any player that wants to become great, Being able to know how players think is super important because if you want to play at the highest level, you want to know how they think and act. And Amanda and all of these other commentators that I gave you, rewind if you need to hear those names again, these are some of the best of the best. Like they're the ones showing up at the Women's College World Series. They're the ones that are commentating the biggest games on TV. And it's because they're dang good at what they do. So if you want to grow, listen to how they see the game, these commentators. All right, number two. I'm going to talk about hitting because it's my baby. It's my favorite thing. But as a hitter, I've told you many times, I grew up watching Caitlin Lowe, who's now the head coach at Arizona. And um, I used to watch her like a hawk. And the things that I would watch are a few of these things. So one, her stance, like how does she stand in the box? What does her presence look like? Um, Obviously, she never looks scared to me. Um, I think if you ever look scared in the box, you're going to be an automatic out. So she always had her head down. She was staring down the pitcher's hip and how she stood in the box was something that I looked at. Also, I think it's important to kind of like watch hitters based on like if they maybe look like you. Um, And I say this because as a hitting coach, my job isn't to make my hitters look like me, but like I was small in stature like Caitlin so she was a player that I was attracted to because she was able to get tremendous power also be a tremendous triple threat which I was at the time and because she looked like me and she played like how I wanted to play that's how I was attracted to her so however you hit or if you see a player that kind of like looks a little bit like you or you know you know does things that you've always wanted to do I think it's really good to sit back and like watch how they do everything from what their routine is before they're at bat, how they stand in the box, like, Jocelyn LO is very different. She stands differently than most people in the box. Like I couldn't do that because my legs are like twice as long as hers and I was much smaller. So if you maybe can resonate to a Jocelyn L.O. then check out how she stands in the box. Check out how, you know, the sh- sh- Allie Shipman, like for Alabama, how does she stand in the box? Like find players that you can resonate with and look at how they stand in the box and especially TV is really great now. Um, We can like rewind and replay stuff. And sometimes they show slow-mo swings. So if you see a slow-mo swing, don't just watch it once, like watch it so many times, especially if it's your favorite player and you'll be able to dive into, okay, What do they look like on their way to the ball? What is their body doing? Is there separation between their hips and their hands? What is their head doing? Normally it's pretty still, by the way. And seeing what they look like at contact and then beyond contact. Like, are they getting to a full extension? Like, you'll see different hits and different situations where like, Hitters are shortening up. Like they're just trying to get that base hit to score the runner. And sometimes they take big aggressive swings. There's so much that you can learn from hitters, you know, from discipline. Like when are they attacking? Are they letting a strike go by first? Are they attacking early? Like what is the situation calling for? Like looking at them, looking at the defense. Like there is so much little pebbles that you can find while watching hitters and how they do their thing that I I would be remiss to not start with hitters because, um, you know, if you want to be in the lineup, you got to be able to hit and you got to be able to look confident be aggressive and all of these things that you can see these players do. So don't just like watch for entertainment, watch for those subtle little things that you can start implementing into your game. Like if you see Jocelyn L.O. has tons of lower half power, well, she gets lower than most people in the box. So if you stand straight up, you probably won't get that Jocelyn L.O. power. Um, I, I want that Jocelyn L.O. power, but look and see how these players stand in the box, look and see how they react. And you can learn so much from just looking at how they present themselves in the box. All right. Number three, defensive shifts. So, um, obviously I'm not talking about the MLB, like how they would have like a shortstop playing over at second base on a lefty or anything like that, but look at how they are shifting pitch by pitch. So this is the thing about defenders that I haven't really talked about before, but Like As a good defender, you have to kind of know where the ball's going before it's hit. And this is something that I learned as an outfielder, is if I see that our pitcher who throws gas is way ahead of that hitter and the hitter is super late, as a center fielder, I'm going to move more towards opposite field for that hitter because I don't think she's going to be able to get around on my pitcher. The entire infield can do something similar too, whether it's one step, two step, kind of getting a glance of like, what the defense is doing based on what they're seeing from the hitter. And again, this is really hard, but it takes mental reps to do that. So I recommend if you're watching, put yourself in the position of the position that you play and watch how the hitter's reacting to the pitcher and in your head decide, would I take one step right? Would I take a step left? Would I move in? Would I back up? Like if Jocelyn is up to bat, I'm backing up a couple steps. But if you can kind of put yourself in the place of the defender, you can do a really great job of kind of putting yourself, you know, pretending like you're there and getting those mental reps in while you're watching the game. Other things you can watch defensively, Cutoffs, you know, runner at one, what is what are the middles doing? You know, what are the outfielders doing? Are they backing up certain throws? Being able to like really appreciate defense requires a lot of that, you know, advanced thinking, which you can kind of take advantage of. Another thing is bunt coverage. As a first baseman who didn't play first until she was in college, I needed to know like what was the, what what was the shift? Like, was the first baseman back? you know, were they, were they taking an aggressive step as soon as they saw the barrel go? Like you can learn so much about bunk coverage by just watching those middles as well. And kind of what teams do in certain situations. And this is where coaches can start, you know, putting together game plans or practice plans around, you know, trying different cutoff schemes or trying different bunk coverage schemes. So you can learn so much from just putting yourself in the shoes of the defenders. And I highly recommend this tactic. Okay, number four bleeds into three a little bit, but watching specifically the outfield or infield. So whichever position that you play, I recommend watching their first step. So this is where I would like watch Caitlin Lowe like a hawk. She was an outfielder, um, specifically mostly center field, and I would watch... When a ball was hit to her right or her left, or even like directly above her head or in, like what was her first step? And this is where dad and I would like TiVo this so much. Um, But we would see a hit go relatively somewhere in the outfield, and dad and I would like watch her like a hawk and be like, okay, what was her first step? Did she turn her hips first? Did she open up her back foot first? We would watch that first step because. If you don't already know this, like as a defender, your first step will dictate whether you get to the ball or not. So being able to see what position she gets into when she takes that first step, what angles specifically she was taking on certain balls, like depending on how hard they were hit. Like, of course, when I watched her, she wasn't perfect at at every single ball, but even her mistakes I could learn from. But she was one of the best outfielders to ever play the game. So of course, I want to watch the best outfielder in the game take that first step and see what she does to react to the ball. Uh, So there was just so much that you can really take advantage of by watching an an outfielder's first step, even like a shortstop's first step. Like what are they doing when a runner's stealing? If that shortstop is taking, what angle is she taking to the base? Um, There is so much you can find out with a first step. And another thing that you'll realize as you watch these infielders and outfielders is that they know where they're going before the play even happens, for the most part. Nobody's perfect, you're gonna see mistakes, but you'll be able to see that the best plays that are made, they're made because that player knew what they were gonna do before the ball was even hit. So start, like I said before in number three, putting yourself in the shoes of the position that you play and have an idea of what you would do. If the ball was hit to you in a certain situation, have an idea what you would do if you're the relay or the cutoff and knowing what to do if the ball is hit to right, like just put yourself in the shoes of what's going on. And maybe you, you replay it, you put it backwards and you're like, okay, now I know what I want to do. And then if you can visualize yourself there, again, you're getting in these mental reps that you can get better by simply watching college softball. So that's one through four. Number five, you know, I'm going to talk about base running. You already know it. Um, Base running is one of my favorite things to talk about. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I truly don't believe I would have been a good base runner unless I was watching Caitlin Lowe. Again, Caitlin has been on the podcast before if you want to listen to her show, but I talk about her so much because that is who my dad and I would watch. If she was going to play on TV, there was no way we were missing it. Nothing else mattered (laughs) in that situation. But I learned so much from her. So same thing with like the first step, what her first step looked like off of first base. She was that runner where the, the opposing dugout would always think that she was stealing because her first step was always so hard and aggressive. I loved that. I wanted to be just like that. So being able to watch her take her first step, whether she was stealing or not, it really kind of helped me grasp what I wanted to look like on the bases. I would also look at how she rounded bases. Like if she was taking two bags, what were her angles like? Were they tight? What part of the bag was she hitting? Again, these are things that you can watch. Like if you find a base runner like Skylar, who has been on the podcast before, if you love how she base runs, watch her. She's the best. And she plays at Florida. Like watch her play. Florida is on TV a lot because they're really good. But watch how she takes extra bases. Watch how aggressive she is. When is she more aggressive in taking risks? Is she taking those crazy risks at the at the end of the game? I was shocked to watch Alabama um, play against FSU. And it was a super tight game last night. And, uh, FSU had two outs, they had a runner at first and they stole her with two outs. And I think it even took Alabama's defense off guard and she stole the bag. The throw wasn't that great, but also short didn't get there in time. Um, the runner kicked the ball to left field and she was able to take third in that situation. And they were like down by a run. I believe Alabama ended up closing it out. Montana Fouts ended up closing it out, but It was a really stressful situation and it was a huge risk because if that runner's out, that's the game. But maybe they saw that the shortstop wasn't going to get there or they saw that their defense was a little on their heels, not expecting a steal. So you have to know and see what's in front of you before you can start taking those risks. So I recommend watch the base runners. If you want to be a better base runner, Just pick somebody, again, that looks like you, maybe is your speed, and just see how they're looking at the game. Okay, number six, energy. Okay, so obviously some of the most entertaining parts of softball is, yes, of course, the diving plays, the home runs, like that's so exciting, but energy will dictate games a lot. So think about when you show up to the field. If it's a seven or eight o'clock game in the morning, and your team has zero to no energy and the other team in the in the other dugout is going crazy first pitch. They already have the advantage. So, being able to track and watch energy is something that, you know, it's it's funny to think about because, you know, teams they have like funny things that they do when they get doubles or singles or whatever, but it's normally the teams with the most energy that are winning games. So, how do you watch energy? If you see dugouts kind of go crazy, it's normally for these things. Extra base hits, clutch moments as a hitter or defender, just those little moments like the sack bun or the sack fly to score the runner. Maybe that base hit that wasn't supposed to be a hit, but they got on base, they're excited about it. Those amazing plays, that diving play that maybe ended the inning or saved your pitcher. Well, the list could go on and on, but when when you notice it, all of these things that I just mentioned had everything to do with effort. So especially, I'm I'm really talking to coaches here too. If you start praising and having energy around the effort piece, you will see your players kind of go crazy and go nuts in like a really great way on the field, make the plays that maybe nobody knew they could get the hits that maybe, you know, they didn't even believe they could get at some point. So you'll notice that your team kind of shows up at a higher level, the more energy that you have. So the energy that you give will often relate to the energy that you end up, the game itself, like how it goes has a lot to do with energy. So I know that's not normally something that you can just like watch or track, um, but you will notice the teams that have the highest energy around like big moments, little moments, um, simple moments. Those are the teams that end up doing great. And I think that does follow suit with the leader of the team. Like coaches who you know have that strong demeanor but also get excited about the little things, that's when your team's gonna start finding and looking for, for those little things to be done right. So tracking energy is something that you can definitely watch and learn from. All right, number seven, catchers, I'm talking to you. So I have not interviewed a whole lot of catchers on the show. I'm trying to get Jen Schro on sometime soon, and I think she would be a really great interview. But if you're a specific catcher, here are some things that I thought of that maybe you should be looking out for. Obviously, the frame, like how are they framing certain pitches? What does their glove look like? Jen, when I used to work with the package deal, would always talk about like what direction is your thumb going based on the the frame itself, like an outside pitch frame, like you're probably going to want to go thumb down, inside pitch frame, thumb up, but just kind of watch how these catchers are framing balls because I think what's going to help your pitcher get more pitches called is... By having a good frame, so check out how they do that. Another one, check out their pop time. Like, what is what does the ball look like from glove to hand to release? Like, is it quick? Does she take a step in front of the plate? Does she stay where she is? Like, what does her footwork look like on the throw? I think these are great things that, especially if you find a catcher that you want to be similar to, these are some of the things that you can look out for. Same thing with like her first step on a bunt you know, is she getting around the ball well? Like what does her footwork look like from the time the ball was hit? Is she moving before the ball was bunted? Like these are specific things where if you watch, you know, this is the same thing as watching other defenders, but if you watch her like a hawk, you're going to be able to put yourself in her shoes and kind of see, oh my gosh, like she's reacting before the ball was even bunted. Like she knows that she's going to get this ball no matter what. Maybe on a pass ball. Like how does she get around that ball to try to angle herself to throw to her pitcher to get the the runner out? Like what is what does that look like? Like these are things where put yourself in her shoes and you'll be able to kind of react maybe faster in your own game because you're watching somebody else do it. The last thing I'll say with the catcher is you're one of the biggest leaders on the team. So if if you can hear or see the vocalization of the catcher before pitches like who is she talking to? Who is she pointing to? Um does she talk with her mask on? Does she talk with her mask off? Um I'm going to guess it's probably off so she can really communicate with her pitcher and her defense. Um but I think these are all things that great leaders do is they they see, you know, who are they talking to? How loud are they? Um and also like when are they calling timeouts so again this this is relative to every pitcher that you have you you might call more timeouts for certain pitchers than others cuz you need to get to know them but you know watch the relationship between the catcher and the pitcher see what you know are they giggling when they call the timeout like is she trying to tell a joke here like see when the pitcher needs it how the pitcher reacts to it and just get a sense, and just dive into that relationship because maybe it'll help you be able to relate to your pitcher better, and know when to call timeouts more. Know the situation. Maybe it's a big if it's a big situation where the pitcher like might be overthinking, or you can see like she's a little razzled. Is that the time you take the timeout? Like you can learn so much by tracking those catchers. All right, number eight, pitchers. Let's talk about you. So again, I was a high school pitcher, but. Thankfully, I've hung out a lot with Amanda Scarborough and other great pitchers in the game. Um, Also, my best friend was a pitcher, so kind of understanding and learning how she liked to look at the game was, you know, something that I've learned from as well. So almost same thing with catchers is like, what is their demeanor on the mound? Most of the time, you're going to watch these elite pitchers, and you'll be able to tell, like, who is the confident one? Who is the razzled one? And again, this is something where a lot of times you'll see a pitcher who's like leaning into her strengths and is just owning this game. She'll look a lot different probably than a pitcher who, you know, just had three home runs hit off of her. But you'll also notice that like the best pitcher, let's just talk about Montana Fouts and she's high on the brain and just watched her pitch last night. She does a really good job of like still staying firm with her demeanor, no matter the situation. So, I mean, every game, every hit last night, every run last night was a home run. So she has home runs hit off of her all the time. But what she does after the home run, watch her face then, because maybe she does a little giggle and like moves on. Maybe she looks even stronger at her catcher and says, let's lock in. You'll be able to learn a lot about what pitchers are thinking if you do that. Also, check out her pitch sequences. Like if you put yourself in the shoes of the pitcher, if you have a big home run hitter up to bat, where is she going first pitch? What's her punch out pitch? Is she throwing off speeds? Like get to know the sequences. I would say if you're a pitcher, write down the pitches that you think she just threw in order. This is what Amanda Scarborough does um, when she's commentating. A lot of times she writes down pitch sequences because she's able to, again, describe to the viewer, the listener, what they're seeing. But check out those pitch sequences. Is she going rise ball first pitch? And again, each pitcher has her own strengths. But again, if you want to be like a Montana Fouts, if you want to be like another pitcher on a team that you love, it's your job to be able to kind of get to know sequences. And when they're th- throwing certain ones, where do they make mistakes, what can you learn from in certain situations? What's their punch out pitch? Like, I think that's a really good question for you. Like if, if you know that Montana Fouts has a really nice rise ball, is she going that for every time she has two strikes on someone? Or is she changing it depending on the hitter? All great questions you can ask yourself. And lastly, what are their routines? So what is she doing when a ball is hit off of her hard? What does she do when she gets a strikeout? What does she do between pitches? Having a routine is one of the defining things of whether you're going to be a great pitcher or not. So knowing what routines the best pitchers have, you can maybe start adopting some of them in your game. All right, number nine, this one's just for coaches, but are you watching the coaches in their in-game and post-game interviews? <laughs> this is one that like you might overthink or over- oversee, but you'll notice like, the best coaches, they are very even-keeled throughout games. Like, they don't let their highs get too high or their lows get too low. Like, I'm I'm thinking of Kenny Gajewski right now at Oklahoma State. He was pretty even-keeled all weekend. He did get excited for the big moments, of course. He knew what to do, but he had to kind of make sure he was locked in in these situations, too. So he was saying the right things to his runners. So you'll notice that they don't say too much, and... Also, in interviews, in-game and post-game, it's a lot of like the team. What did the team do? What did your pitchers do? What, what did big hitters do in big moments? I'm making it so much about the team that like, yes, it's his team. He owns the team. But it wasn't about him at all. And and he's just one example. A lot of great coaches, you'll be able to watch their in-game and post-game interviews but they always put the team first. and another thing that I notice is like they are so composed in big moments and they don't again, they don't oversay things in those big moments. They don't tell their hitters like 45 things to think of. Sometimes it's just a high five. And high fives are psychologically some of the biggest mood differences that you can that you can help a player with. Sometimes it's just a simple high five or a clap. like let's go. And every coach has their own, demeanor, but you'll notice that like some of the greatest coaches out here are very composed and there's also other things that you can learn from them as well. But watch how they coach third, watch them between innings. How are they communicating with their pitchers when they come out to the mound? Again, you don't know exactly what they're saying, but less is a lot of times more and I've learned that from watching the game. Now, number 10 is I've I've kind of referred to it once already, but I need you to like find your favorite player. And if you can and maybe can financially afford a platform where you can watch this player often, watch that player like a hawk. I told you about Caitlin Lowe already. That was who I was watching. But maybe, coaches, you're finding, you know, your favorite coach out there, or you're specifically wanting your team to be better base runners. Well, find Skylar Wallace at Florida. See how she's, you know, doing her thing. Record those episodes. Share them with your team if you can. I just said episodes. Record those games. <laughs> but find the players that you think like would make an impact on your team if you learned from. And then share it with your team, share it with your family. Like, if you're a player who really, really wants to be the best shortstop in the world, I know Sis Bates doesn't play anymore, but there's a lot of other great shortstops out there that you can watch like a hawk. And again, go over what we said in three and four. What are their shifts looking like? What are their angles looking like? Their first step? How are they communicating? Like, these are all things that make great players who they are. And what can help you become a great player or a great coach is learning how they think, how they act, how they do things, you know, between pitches. What are they doing in game? Are they aggressive? The answer is most likely yes. But that is one thing that you can definitely, definitely learn from. And lastly, if you have that favorite player and she has a rock star game, go watch that post-game interview. Like if it was like a big game in the Women's College World Series and your idol like hit the game winning hit, go listen to that interview because a lot of times the interviewer is asking, what were you thinking about in that moment? And if you can start practicing and thinking how they think in those moments, you can start practicing that yourself. And that is how we can grow while watching the game. Now, these were 10 things. And again, there's probably a million more. Honestly, I talked so fast in this episode, you probably want to listen to this one again. But if any of these resonated with you, I want to know which ones resonated most with you. Maybe it was like a light bulb moment for you to learn about or think about. Um, so if you could just like, DM me on social, let me know what your favorite part was. Or if you see, you know, we clip some of this stuff and put it on social media, share your favorite moments, put it on Twitter. Like if this was something that you feel like the rest of the world who, I mean, if you're in the game, you might as well be here to grow the game too. If you think that people can learn from it, please go share it. This was really fun to come up with this weekend while watching the Clearwater Invite. I'm so excited. This is still one of the first weeks of softball and there is so much more softball to come. So please find find softball, whether it's on TV, live TV, um, on your favorite platforms, ESPN Plus, OnFlow Softball, whatever it is just watch replays on Twitter, whatever it takes. If you want to grow at this game, you need to be watching it. No doubt about it. Like I said, I will put in the show notes, some of the episodes that we've talked that about that have a lot to do with what we talked about today, how you can grow while watching the Women's College World Series, who to expect to be lights out this year. Um, There is so much that we can learn from watching the game like a hawk. So, whether you're a coach, parent, player, like I hope this was really, really helpful for you and you're inspired to go watch some softball this year like me. All right. Well, that is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, you can be the first to listen and to be notified when the next episode comes out. Don't forget, friends, to stay awkward, stay humble. Keep smiling and keep working towards those goals. Whether they're physical reps or mental reps, those reps will take you far. All right, I will see you next week on the pod.